because I was running into people with all these dreams. I'm like, we can't carry these dreams to the, to the grave. So it's great to have a vision. So I start challenging my own belief system and coming out of religion is really what it is. Like I knew the scriptures, I knew about what to say, what to believe, but was I really in a place of like, this is really old school word of faith teaching, mental assent, uh -huh. meaning that I'm giving mental acknowledgement to it, but I haven't combined faith and action with it. Yes. So I could believe all day long that God's going to prosper the works of my hands, but I never put my hands to work at this new business. Yes. Idea. So I'm saying God gives me an empowerment to get wealth. Well, that wealth may be money, but that wealth may be wholeness. It may be recovery. It may be more love and connection in my family, but I don't work on it. So he can't, he's trying to give me strategy. Welcome to the Genius in You podcast, where I get to talk to ordinary moms doing extraordinary things in business and in life. I'm your host, Kelly Thompson. And if you're looking to serve more, sell more, and make an impact, this is where we do it. Today, we are so fortunate to have my girl, my buddy, Wanda McCall, who is a faith-focused, dynamic biblical teacher and women's inspirational speaker. She's an expert at helping introverted entrepreneurs reframe their fear of judgment so they can become confident communicators. And I love all of that because I'm an introvert myself. <laughs> so, welcome, Wanda. Hey, welcome. So good to talk to you again, Kelly. Super fun, super fun. We had such a blast. Like we met uh, during the summit and it was just so fun getting to know you and connect with you. It was really a great time for, for yeah. me. Yeah. All right. We talked so. about all our introverted struggles. Right. <laughs> exactly. We can relate on that level. Like yeah. all the, the energy drain and all that. So let's start actually with that. Okay. What does it mean to be an introvert? You help introverts. Um, kind of step out and reframe that fear of judgment that they have. Talk to me about that. What does that mean to you and for you? Oh, so it's incredible how many people today are raising their hands and saying that they are introverted. And it's like they're coming out the closet and they're owning it because it's like <laughs> in vogue. It's no longer the nerdy kind of thing. Like before it was like, oh my gosh, you're just, you're an introvert. Like there was this weird judgment against it, right? And I think that's because there was a lack of understanding what it really means. So I'm excited to get into that. Yeah. So the introvert is not necessarily the shy person, meaning they have like a fear of connecting or like a social phobia or anything like that. Although they are kissing cousins and they kind of hang out together like tuna and dolphins. I don't know if that's the phenomenology. I don't know. But... <laughs> I feel like we should just stop the podcast right here because tuna and dolphins, I've never heard in action. But please continue. It's the, it's that introverted, they think, you're like, where did they get that from? I do a lot of reading underneath my comforter. Just, just a fun fact. You're not, you're not helping the stereotype, Wanda. So, well, I do a lot of reading. <laughs> so they kind of hang together shyness in introversion, but all introverts are not shy. So introversion is like how we re-energize and how we work through our problems. So we're the extrovert when they get in a group of people, the people kind of like get them like hyped up, excited. And they also process their problems through bouncing it off people, like how they think about things, how they create. My husband is a total extrovert. He'll be in a group of people. And next thing you know, he's coming up with five different programs that we're doing in the church. Like, hold up, wait a minute. Can someone pull out a calendar? 
I think we're for the next three months. <laughs> he processes through that energy with people, he problem solves. He becomes creative in that atmosphere of people. For us, no, 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 no. Doesn't happen mm -hmm. not at all. Right. In that quiet time, like uh where we could be alone with our thoughts, our imagination, uh, those I call them comforter moments where we're snuggled up, maybe some music is playing favorite warm beverage in the winter, something cool and fruity in the summer. And we just get to sit and write or journal or even <clears throat> sometimes listening to music or painting or doing something. We just like this spot and then we can problem solve. Naps help us problem solve. Mm -hmm. Naps help us regenerate. Naps help us heal. Like, I don't know about you. I know you, but you are introvert. You probably align with this. When I'm under a lot of stress and I can't figure things out, or I just feel like I need to sleep. Mm, like so depression or heaviness, it's like right. the close out too much. Yes. And like just go inward, kind of process through that. And we know that our dreaming is the way our brain catalogs the events of our day and tries to work on problems. And then you wake up and then you have like a fresh like outlook on the situation. Everything's so different after a nap. I agree with you 100% there. Great, right? So the introvert is going to get its their energy from being quiet, reflective. Now, when they come out of that place where they stored up, they can be just as lively, excited as the extrovert. And just know that as they're with you, though, they're starting to feel them. Yep. It's coming to an end, 100%. Because I've had people tell me that they're like, I can't believe you're an introvert. Like, I can't see it. And and I would say the same thing about you, right? Because we get on the phone and we're like having these great conversations and we're like engaged with them. But at the end, y'all, like, you don't know. At the end, it's just like, okay, I need to go in the corners. <laughs> like, recharge my batteries. <laughs> so true. Great. So talk to me about how you even... How did this come to be where you are kind of an expert in introversion and helping people kind of come out of that? What is your story? What is the background behind that? So I call it my, my kind of like my 2D, my 3D transformation. And it was like, I find that many introverts have this innate ability to problem solve because we're always looking and analyzing and we like the process of problem solving and the puzzle work. And we love like looking forward. And so in my life, I was doing that for everybody. Like I could quickly say, Hey, I see you doing this, or here's, here's a good solution for this particular problem. Uh, maybe you should think about doing this in your marriage. Maybe you should think about doing this with your kids and they're in middle school and you want to get them prepared and geared towards success in high school. So because we think a lot and we think of them a lot of different things, we come across almost sage-like. Now that's not to big up introvert, right. but it's just the way we think and we process and we enjoy like those small individual um, stories and interactions. So I was doing this for everybody. And it was like this time, maybe about seven years ago, oh, greater than seven years ago, uh, I was in compassion work as well too. Um, and I was just doing everything for everybody in ministry and in nursing. And I had this moment like, man, what am I supposed to be doing? It feels like I'm just a think tank for everybody else. Right. Right. I'm the one solving everybody else's problems, but what should I really be doing? Like, I love the nursing. It's great. Honorable, decent money, right? Ministry, 
I love helping the people and love seeing their lives transform. But still on the inside, it was sort of like, this isn't quite all it for me. It was like, right. it was all this serving, all this behind the scenes work. And I knew that there was something greater, right? I like, I love to teach. Um, but it was that fear of like, people are going to want to talk to me. Mm, <laughs> so true. Yes. Right. So they're like, well, Wanda, how could you possibly be in ministry and be introverted and not really, you know, shying away from people like, or pulling away, I won't use the word shot, but like kind of pulling away from people. And I was just like, that's just how God created me. I was wired that way. Right. And I had to learn how to navigate those spaces, like how to show up, be this person who was pretty dynamic with helping other people but then learn how to protect um, that time of refueling. Right. Um, I think it was that fear of really, how can I support people when I know this about myself that really just kept me in the nursing and ministry for a long time. And it was- I love that. This period where I had this knee injury in nursing that kind of rocked my world. And it was like at that moment looking at, now if you can't do nursing, what is it that you would do? Hmm. And I had to take stock of what was that inner story I was telling myself about why I couldn't step into speaking and teaching and coaching and what kept me serving in this kind of zone of excellence. I was good at it. Uh -huh. Really not in this place where I love this, uh, the big leap and gain mm -hmm. my zone of genius, genius in me. Yes. Yes. And it was in this place that I was just like, okay, God, I'm open. It's scary, but I'm open. And I know you can help me navigate this. You've created me like this for a reason. You can help me navigate it. Mm. And that's when I kind of start looking into um, getting that help to be this other person that I am more consistently. I am so fascinated by that. So many things about what you say really kind of resonate with me. One of the things I find really interesting is that, you know, nothing is ever wasted in God's economy, right? So even though you were, you were doing nursing and you were helping and you were serving, and then you still had the mission where you were still helping and serving. And it's still, it's kind of like a full circle moment because that's still what you were designed to do just in a different way. And I find it fascinating that you, at that moment where you had that knee injury, that you were reflective enough to start thinking like, okay, what does this mean? And so many people kind of go through their life doing what they think they have to do, not doing what they were born to do, right? Yeah. So that book, you know, Gay Hendricks book, I love that book. I talk about that book to other people working in that zone of excellence. For those of you who don't know, it's something that you're really good at. It might be something that you're slightly passionate about, right? but it's not the thing that you were really meant to be doing. And, and once you get to that zone of genius, it's like clicking on all cylinders. It's like this, it's something that comes so naturally to you and it's, it's comfortable for you and you're okay doing it. And, and people are coming to you and they're like, oh, wow, can you help me with X, Y, Z? And it just seems like that the people that were around you, even though maybe they didn't say it in those words, really call that gift out of you by being just constantly coming to you. Would you say that would be like a fair assessment? Yeah, absolutely. You find that you've like, if you're going into coaching, depending on what that, that gifting or that talent is, we'll use coaching because that's our industry. 
you find that you've been doing it all along, right? You, you just never, you just never considered it that. You've been that trainer, you've been that encourager, that exhorter all along. But it just like, it's like breathing to you. Hmm. Um, but when it's like the light is on it and it's like, okay, introvert, I want you to step into the spotlight a little more. Like, ooh, who me? Ooh, me? I don't know. Yes. I'm your girl Friday. I'm the one, I'm, I'm really good at behind the scenes. I'm the team player. I'm the right. one you need me to like roll the cameras, you know, grab the cups of coffee for everybody, clean up the trash. That's my role, right? Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. And David was on the backside of the mountain with sheep. <laughs> yes. Oh, such a good analogy. So true. You know a Right. To the point that when the prophet came and was like, tell me all your sons, wanted to show me all your sons, one is going to be king. He was so behind the scenes that even dad was, didn't even say it. He was like, what, who, date? Oh, yeah, he's he's back there with the sheep. Forgot about that one. <laughs> that is such a good point. It's those moments where you know that you are a value add, but maybe you're still kind of, have that imposter syndrome where you yeah. feel like I talk about, right? Like where you're afraid of stepping into, into that spotlight. So I love that you said that, that you are that person, that go-to person. So if you're listening to our voice, you've probably been coaching all along, right? And not recognizing that that's exactly what you were doing. All right, so Wanda, so you kind of had that injury. It made you really start reflecting on on who you are, what you were meant to do. And you started getting some, um, some help, tried to figure out exactly where you were supposed to be. How did the introvert coach kind of come into play? Well, because it's my own struggle. Usually we coach to our own struggle, right? And it was at that moment that I was just like, there's gotta be more people like me. Uh, there were ladies in my ministry who had ideas for like coffee houses. They wanted to do um, writing. One, another one wanted to be a speaker, various things. The ladies, so ladies had these travel business ideas or wanted to, you know, host more travel or do events. And so I called myself the quiet girl coach, not really pushing so much all on introversion, but you're being quiet about something that you're excited about on the inside. You've buried it because I need to be the wife. I need to be the, you know, the mom. I need to be the co-laborer in the house and bring in the finances. And I'll put that on the side for right now because this is what I need to do. And spring right. income. Um, I, I'm like, I'm loved at work. I'm great at what I do and I'll get to that other stuff. So it's something they're passionate about, but they were being quiet about it. So I will call myself the quiet girl coach and kind of like really helping people step from this place of hiding it and really owning it. And then it was in my own story with like being this quiet person, introverted and what this all meant for me, because like coaching that meant that people would really want to access me more. They would want to have um, more conversations with me. They would want to work with me. Right. How are we going to navigate that? And it was in that, that um, I really started to like process, like, what am I going to do with this? Like, it's mm -hmm. not enough to daydream about it because I was running into people with all these dreams. I'm like, we can't carry these dreams to the, to the grave. So it's great to have a vision. So I start challenging my own belief system and coming out of religion is really what it is. Like I knew the scriptures, I knew about what to say, what to believe, but was I really in a place of like, this is really old school word of faith teaching mental ascent. Uh -huh. 
meaning that I'm giving mental acknowledgement to it, but I haven't combined faith and action with it. Yes. So I could believe all day long that God's going to prosper the works of my hands, but I never put my hands to work at this new business Yes. idea. So I'm saying God gives me an empowerment to get wealth. Well, that wealth may be money, but that wealth may be wholeness. It may be recovery. It may be more love and connection in my family, but I don't work on it. So he can't, he's trying to give me strategy. And so I began to look in the word of God and really see that, especially with the prophetic in the old Testament, many times they were bringing strategic answers that would get people out of areas of sickness, famine, money issues, Mm. all of that. And I was like, okay, so I have to stop just dreaming about it. I have to take the dream, know that it's a blueprint. It's okay. It's on the canvas of my soul through my imagination. That's great. That's where I stop. But if I, to stay there, then I'm going to be deceiving myself. So I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it. And God's telling me this but I'm not doing deceiving my own self. Yeah. So I had to move from this place of daydreaming. And then the next thing was the distraction, like all the excuses. I'll get to it next week. I'll do it next month. Well, this is more pressing. That's never going to go away. Mm-hmm. And especially when you show up really strong in your family and your community, they are always going to need you. Right. So then I had to make some decisions. So I was just kind of living what I call the 2D life right? Uh, serving others and, and serving basic needs, but not really stepping into this life that was like this genius life, as she says, where I'm in, in living color, technicolor, 3D. Right. And so my, my, uh, my pastor loves alliteration. One of my bishops loves alliteration. So I was like, I had to do three things. And that was kind of deciding, uh, declaring and doing. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was. I had to make the decision that I was going to be a person of action and get around people who could help me. So good one. Like right. What you just said, honestly, I think just sums up so much of what's wrong with the world. Like, you know, especially like us as women of faith, if you are a woman of faith and you have a dream that you feel like God is implanted in your heart and you are not putting feet to those goals and that action, like, what are you really believing about your God? You know, like, you know, he's gifted it to you. You know, people are like calling it out of you, but you're still kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't think I'm ready. I don't know enough. I'm not good enough. I can't do enough, whatever. Like he will bless the work of your hands, but you actually have to work with your hands, right? So I just, I just love the way that you just, you just beautifully put the way that you explained it. And I love that. So here's a question for you. How did you manage to get over um, coaching and still serving clients? Like knowing that, you know, your energy, like what kind of things have you been able to do to help you conserve your energy and serve your client? Well, I don't think I asked you, or do you do just one-on-one or do you do group coaching as well? I love one-on-one. Um, I love one-on-one because I feel like it's the introvert's advantage and come. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I tried in a group and I have to say, I wasn't a big fan. <laughs> you know? Right. And so like, and I, I've, I've done a couple talks on this and in March I'll be doing a talk on the introvert's advantage in coaching. And one-to-one is, well, I get to be um, like, like a, the unmatched accountability support for what I teach them. Right. Uh, because that intimate setting that we like, we love that. And we're right. results driven. Yes. 
So I can voxer you or message you and say, hey, where's this, where's this, where's this? And then I can hear that story. And then I can immediately say, no, we're going to work on this. I'm right here with you. I can support you. So I knew that doing it one-to-one kind of reflect and it felt good for how I was wired. Right. And that too many people, even though it's probably more beneficial for like scaling and growing and bringing the income in differently, it was going to drain me and frustrated me. Yeah. Is what frustrated me. I did one, um, program where, and it was a small group, I believe it was eight women. And I would get frustrated when certain ones wouldn't show up. Other ones wouldn't do the work. Then I'm like trying to nudge the ones who weren't working and the ones who were working got, they had to hear my rant about the ones who weren't working. And it was just like, I don't think I can do this again. And I knew it when I, when I offered it, right. The first and last time, but I think I'm being led by the Lord to do it this way. And it kind of confirmed for me, like this may not be the best way to do it for you. I probably would need a team to do a group. Right. Yeah. So that way with that, I think it, I think it, I think it's more challenging depending on how you kind of operate. And just like you said, as an introvert, we're very results driven. And so I want to give my clients the highest possible experience so they get the the best possible result. And I feel like not that the group is bad because obviously you have some other advantages of a group where, you know, you have a group of people and they can kind of talk together and mastermind together. But for me, I agree with you. I found that it's it's kind of a different, it's a different kind of energy drain. And I think if you are a member of a group, especially a large group, um, and I I haven't been one uh, member one personally, but I've had friends that have been part of like these huge, you know, coaching programs, I feel like it's easier for you to kind of fly under the radar and not do all the work and put your best effort in because, I mean, no one's really going to hold you accountable because there's a bunch of other people in groups. So I'm a fan of one-to-one, but anyway, okay. So now what could you share with me some tips that an introverted person, let's, let's take it from the standpoint of someone who is coaching now, but is really a little bit resident, reticent of, or hesitant about showing up because of that introverted nature. Like what, give me like maybe a couple tips of, of what they should do if they know they need to show up, but they're kind of just like how you were when you were kind of like, I know I need to do it and I want to do it. But what is this going to look like energy wise? So what would you recommend? I would recommend getting a coach. 100%. 100%. Yes. No way around that. Somebody to hold your feet to the fire. Yes. Right. So getting the coach is going to give you the support. Someone to give you that accountability. How are you showing up? What are you, what are you doing? And when some of that, that negative narrative comes up for you, you could talk about it and kind of work through it. The next thing is, I think we talked about this before and I talked about you know, creating an energy calendar or like a budget. Yes. Yes. We talked about on the summit. Mm -hmm. That's a great way where you kind of like piece, piece out your, your day and your hours to what you can spend and when you can spend that time. And then you put in your rest period and your hours to when you're not going to be doing work. And I think when you do that, that part of you that's very analytical will go, okay, I'm going to show up for my clients today. Maybe I'm going to book all my calls on like a Monday from 10 to one. And then on Tuesday, maybe I'll do my clients who I see in the evening from like two to eight. Then 
Wednesday, maybe I'll do content creation, my marketing and all that good stuff. Thursday, maybe I'll jump on calls with people. And Friday, it's just me, my comforter, and my coffee. <laughs> right? So set up your week like that. Saturday, I know maybe I'm spending time with the family, doing other things around the home. Sunday's my Sabbath. So figure out where it is that, you know, you know, you're going to be spending your energy. So your brain's like, this is just temporary. This is for this that. hour, that hour, that hour. Right. And then we're going to rest. Yeah. Right. And then we're going to do this, this, and this. And then when you're working with the client, um, I think I'm still answering your question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you are, you're doing great. Right. Find out what, a, what feels good to for you for accountability. Maybe them having access to you 24 seven, even if it is through messenger, it's too much. Right. So don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And don't that's the beauty of having your own business. Cause you could really, and it took a while to kind of get that honestly, because I was so interested in trying to make sure my clients got like basically all of me, like all the time, you know what I'm saying? So like, I would look at my calendar, my calendar and you could literally schedule like if I wasn't with the kids or doing, you know, school with them or doing whatever, like my, my gaps were open. Everything was like open, open, open. <laughs> you know what I mean? But what I realized was it was draining for me and I stopped enjoying it. I yeah. started dreading like, oh, man, I got a podcast interview. I have to do a podcast interview. And I got like a client that I have to talk to in the afternoon. Then I still need to create my reel that I needed to da 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 whatever. So it was, it was overwhelming. So I love that idea about an energy calendar. I think that's super important. Mm -hmm. And you know what? And I would do the same thing in the beginning. I had like, I have all the openings, all the openings, all the openings. And it was my coach was like, you know, you don't want to do it that way. Right. And, and when I come on your calendar, why are you so available? Nobody right. can work with you. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, huh. right. Like it was too full. It was like, you don't want to work with people like that. And why are you so available a person? Right. So honor your space. And when you honor your space, it up, brings your value up internally. You begin to add story. You don't even oh, realize. So true. Yeah. Right? So true. You begin to shift your story and then you will, and then you're like, okay, I have this amount of time. And then, um, what she told me too, also with, with how you work with them as well too, um, is by owning um, your value in your space, in your time, you begin to do the work in such a, a level of excellence that your confidence increases to ask your value for your coach. So that's what, because I know that when I show up, you're gonna get all of me and this is one-to-one -one, and I've been in big programs as an right. And so I'll tell you a funny, when I, when I will go into the programs, my, my, um, my perfection, procrastination and people pleasing will click on. Mm. So a way for me to avoid showing up is I would help everybody in the, in the room. Mm. I became yeah. Earl Friday. Yeah. That, cause that was your natural go-to. That was my, I was knew that role. Right. I would go with the group and become the behind the scenes person for everybody. And so I wouldn't get my own work done. Yes. So I love the energy, but I had to next time I would go into like programs like that. Cause I love borrowing mm -hmm. that helps me. Like, right. Um, I, I had to watch myself and say, now you have to decide that this is how you're going to show up and you're going to do the work yes. here. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It's a different, it's a different sort of energy that you bring to a group program that you would to a one-on-one -on -one program. One-on-one -on -one program, you know, your feet are getting held to the fire. Like you said you were going to do it. You gave me money. 
Like, what's up? <laughs> it's different, right? You got to do what you said you were going to do, right? Like, your yes be your yes, your no be your no. There's no hiding behind that. So I love that you share that. So, okay, so final question. Well, actually, probably not the final question, but we'll see. <laughs> when it comes to um, being an entrepreneur, there are always things that we wish we could kind of go back and do a little bit differently. I don't look at them as mistakes because every time you do something, you are going to be learning from it, right? Now, given the fact that we're talking about like, you know, your 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 story and how you started and all the things, what is something that you could share that maybe you kind of, when you did it, you saw it going differently in your head, or maybe it just kind of didn't work out the way you planned, but you still put yourself out there. I'd love for you to share that. And then maybe what you learned from that as well. Um, Definitely. I felt like in the beginning, because uh, this analytical and you got to do things right, right? You got to, it has to look a certain way. And I had very high standard that I was putting a lot of work in the way things looked for, you know, approval or acceptance, or people would be like, wow, by like the videos or the reels or the graphics mm. or the pretty colors. Right. And so I was really into perfecting these things, but I was afraid of like consistently offering what it was I was doing. And so I had to find out what was the conversation for that because it really really because of that I think that I was like maybe a, a minimum of, of three years behind and I'm going to be completely transparent yes even the person who was on Periscope when Nicole Walters was in her shower oh wow oh wow wow I don't know if some maybe some people are watching and you remember CC the six-figure chick who really blew up growing your business with Instagram I was in her Periscope learning from her so I was amassing this knowledge. It was like right. always learning, always learning. Here comes the Bible, but never coming into the knowledge of the truth. Right. That I was just, it's qualified and able to teach and coach as they were. They were just stepping into their courage. Yeah. And so for me, it's the lost time of inaction, which I know sometimes uh, based on your temperament, you know, you, you got to know all the things you got to do all the things. It's got to be just right. You don't, it's got to be just this way. And then you look up and the year is gone and two years are gone and three years are gone. And now you're like, maybe this is not for me. Well, yeah, it was for you. Right. But you just need to move. Yeah. And one, I want to just come touch back on what you said, that you were there amassing the knowledge, but you weren't stepping into that. Like you were getting all the thing. You were there. You were getting it. You just weren't putting feet to that action, right? Which is amazing, right? Like when you think about how much knowledge you've amassed since that time and you weren't talking about what you did or how you could help, right? Like, so you were showing up, give me a little bit a better picture of what that looked like. You were showing up, you were putting yourself out there, but what weren't you doing? Just for specifics. So I'll give you, so here we go. Like put your toe in the water, you pull it out. Put your toe in the water. So I would go on Periscope and I would talk a little bit about being the quiet girl coach and you know helping you step into this place of sharing who you are and what you do so i would do periscope so i got really good with dealing with trolls <laughs> right <laughs> people who were just saying crazy stuff during your live stream so it built my courage to be able to go live right right but i didn't create an offer back then people were like come up with a seven dollar offer something for right. ten dollars right something low end for people to purchase or you know, I wouldn't stay consistent. Life would happen. I would go back to what's going on with the church, going on with work, going on with my kids, right? 
So then I would buy into another course and I would do the work, right? And so I would do enough work to get published. So I got published with the Huffington Post. Mm-hmm. And I would go, wow, 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 that's great. And then I would disappear. Disappear. Then there would be somebody else who really inspired me and I would work with them. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to create all these lead magnets. I'm going to create a, a mini course. And then I got too busy to launch it or tell people about it. So I was in and out and in and out. And people were like, you were back on Periscope? Oh, you were doing this? Oh, you were in that program and this program? So I was like this person who just, I just, I needed more, I needed more information. I needed more information. I needed more information because really it was a fear of judgment, a fear, a fear of failing. And I wouldn't put myself out there. Not really. I'm not realizing I needed the judgment. Mm -hmm. And so God really reframed how I saw judgment is like a decision. People can't decide if you're not out there. There could be Wanda and there could be, um, Adriana. Mm-hmm. Adriana's showing up all the time. They're going to always choose Adriana, right? That's not there. But yeah. if Adriana and Wanda are there, there will be Wanda are there. Some people will choose Wanda. Some people will not. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But if you're not there at all, they can't choose you. Oh, so so good. Fear of judgment that kept me. I would start and stop and start and stop. And I had to decide that I was going to be an implementer. And the beauty of that was I started to learn what people wanted to hear from me. Mm-hmm. Started to learn more about myself and what I liked and what I didn't like. And then that confidence rose, that courage rose. I love that so much. And it is like, I feel like you're telling everyone's story because so many times, myself included, when I started, I was very concerned or very, not, I wouldn't say concerned, but that whole perfectionism, like, Oh, the image has to look a certain way. It's got to, you know, my pictures need to be just so and the reels and the, all of the things. And I talk about this in a masterclass that I teach where it's like, you are so concerned with the thing that you're not actually selling anything. That's so putting yourself out there, but you're not selling anything. Yeah. And, and I think that that happens to so many people that you see all the gurus on social media and you're just like, okay, I got to just make a lot of content and put myself out there, make it look a certain way, but you really haven't worked on your offer. You don't even know how you're selling to people. Right. And putting it on social media is not how you sell it. Like, it takes more than that. So that's so good. So, so good, Wanda. Okay. Parting words, something that you want to share that just can encourage or inspire. Just do it. I know it sounds so <laughs> But there's a reason Nike came up with it, right? I mean, listen, that needs to be in its own canon, right? Um, do it and do it with imperfect action. Because the more you do it, you stretch that muscle and courage builds. And like fear never goes away. In many ways, fear can can help you access courage because there's never a reason to need courage if there's no fear. So good. So knowing that it's there and like, this is uncomfortable. I don't know how I'm going to manage this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to act on this sales call. I don't know how I'm going to like coach this client. I'm not going to know when, you know, all the different, I don't know. I don't know. And the fear you just do it in the doing comes the knowing and the understanding. Uh, and I think for me, that was like the biggest thing. Like I wanted it all mapped out. I was always overthinking. Um, if I wasn't overthinking the content or what I was going to do, I was overthinking how am I going to manage this energetically and the answers will come in doing. The clarity comes in doing. Oh, that's the perfect way to end it. Clarity comes in doing. 
If someone wants to work with you or get in touch with you, how can they do so? Well, here's a great way to get to me is like, I'm loving Instagram. So, hey, check me out on my power place right now. You can always slide into my inbox. Same thing on Facebook. Facebook, I'm at Wanda Lavelle. So you slide into my inbox and just say, hey, Wanda, hey. <laughs> and she'll respond. She's just such a great person. I, I will respond. Like, I don't go to a website. I tried that. I spent lots of money on websites and have a couple. It didn't work. <laughs> and I find that the conversations, which are hard sometimes for the introvert until they get to really step into their gifting and their calling, got easier. <laughs> like, I really like that courage there. Hey, bypass all that stuff. And plus, it took me years to get past all that because I would hide behind it. Right. Right. It's my inbox. Yep. I love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Wanda. This has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you. <laughs> Are you ready to go further faster? Have you been in business for a little bit and the no to slow growth strategy you're currently using is really wearing you down? Are you ready to get the tools and the strategy you need to attract clients, make sales and impact those you feel called to serve? If that's you, I have a spot for you in my VIP intensive. In just one or two sessions, we work together to fine tune your offer, identify your ideal client and nail down your messaging. It's my six month flagship program condensed into one power packed outcome filled day to supercharge your growth. So if you're tired of posting and praying with little to no results, check the show notes to book a free consultation call with me and let's talk about how I can help you supercharge your growth.